I want to think that if I had a goose running at me, I would just kick it. Yeah. What yeah. the heck? I got to shovel a lot of snow and I got a lot of good exercise doing it. They don't like it when you interchange those. When I was uh, on my treadmill last weekend while I was playing a game, they were gratuitously bringing up a very important issue that who wants to deal with? I know a lot of people have had problems with it. The true origin makes more sense now that I know it. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. January is almost over already. Wow. How's 2021 starting off for you? I hope well. We are nerding out on a lot today, including some TV shows that got me thinking, which will get me talking. Captain has a new origin for you. I have some more new music to share. And Bentastic wanted to resurrect the espresso shots. So we'll talk about that. And he's going to be kicking us off with a brand new one today. Let's rock it! Brave Sir Captain ran away. Welcome to the world. (laughs) No, you're uh, you're you're a brave Sir Captain, and uh, you run towards battle. You run towards danger. Coconuts. (laughs) Wait, you're using coconuts. That's it. Coconuts. That's right. I I I I reread Ready Player One. Oh, last yeah? week. Yeah. Such a, God, that's a fun book. I mean, yes, I can't think is. of a book that's more fun than Ready Player One. Even, it's just a fun read. It really is. And not to mention, especially from the audio perspective, it's fun to read. Oh, yeah. With Will, with Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. He did such uh, a great job. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And there's, and there's that one point in the, in the book where Wade Watts has to act out the entire Holy Grail movie. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. The third gate, the third <laughs> key or the third gate, one I of those two. I forgot about that. That was the third key. No, it was the third gate. Yeah, it was the third gate. It was the last thing he had to do to win the Easter egg. And, uh, oh, that was that would have been so much fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. It's wow. so funny because I was, I was thinking about that movie, and I played that clip, and I realized, I don't even own that movie. What the <laughs> heck? Like, I've never owned that. I've always watched it at either friends' houses or, right. you know, it was on, I don't know, Netflix. I mean, who knows the last time I even saw that movie, but <laughs> it's been a while. So I just thought, oh, my gosh, I need to get that movie. That's awesome. It's so it's bad. Like- what a classic. It's the most foul creature. Yeah, that's that rabbit was just the best thing ever. I mean, it was like literally somebody threw a stuffed rabbit with like ketchup on it at a guy. Oh, <laughs> it was like, what? and the guy's head just falls off. You're like, what? No. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, we could we could spend the rest of the episode quoting Monty oh, Python. Yeah. And uh, we will not. I no, promise. No, no. But what we will do is say thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. I am The Real Brian here with Captain Influence. We're gonna we're gonna kick it up today. We're gonna have some fun. We've got a lot to nerd out about, and yeah, wow, wow. I'm excited. I'm wow. excited. I'm drinking that you know Edson blend that I was talking about a couple weeks ago. That tea that's got the yep. earl in it, and all. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good. It's you know it's snowing. It's beautiful. Oh. Gotta have some tea on a good snowy day, dude. Snow. Speaking of snow, yeah. 
this last Monday, I got to scoop 12 inches of snow off my driveway. And I'd say it was about 100 square yards. Wow. So two yards by 50 yards, including the sidewalks. But the snow was really light and fluffy. It wasn't that bad. So So only about 600 pounds of total snow, something like that. Yeah, I should calculate it. Wouldn't that be interesting? I just don't like math enough. Yeah. You know, math is hard, Brian. See, when I think of you scooping snow, I think of you out there with an ice cream scooper. I mean, I'm like, it's going to take you days, man. (laughs) That's good. When are you going to get your snow blower working? Oh, don't even ask me that. Pretend I don't even have it. Oh. I should be Captain Procrastination, to be honest. That's that should be my superhero name because last tell you what, the night before (laughs) it the night before it was I had to scoop. Sorry, shovel. Yes. I was dreading it so much because I was like, what if it's a lot of snow and it's too heavy for me to shovel and then I have to use my snowblower? Oh my God. But the great <laughs> news is I got to shovel a lot of snow and I got a lot of good exercise doing it. So, so not only is your 10 pack getting stronger, but you're, you're building up some sweet pecs. Let me rest gently on your pecs. Anytime that I have a hard day, I would like to rest gently on your pecs. Wow. Sean. That's... <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of a hard time and trying not to get, you know, all down here and everything, but everybody knows, you know, we've, we've had greyhounds over the years. We had three rescued them. They were former racers, really great dogs. And of course, two cents have passed. And our last one Delta is just over 14 years old now, 14 and coming up on 14 and a half, which honestly, she's the oldest dog I have ever owned. And I'm pretty sure my parents have too. So pretty awesome. She's had some recent gut issues, you know, the overgrowth of bacteria, which I guess is pretty common in dogs at times. Aww. And so, you know, she was getting treated for that. And they were like, but what is wrong with her leg? You know, she's been limping. What's going on? And well, unfortunately, and this is the very sad part, we found out that she has developed bone cancer, which oh, is the, geez. I believe it's osteosarcoma, I think is what it's called. And unfortunately, there's just no treatment for it. It's, it's just a matter of time. Right. It spreads and you know, unless some sort of miracle happens, you know, it's just one of those things that it goes from usually starts in a leg and then it just kind of spreads out. And once it spreads out, it's not a good thing, but she's, wow. she seems okay. Minus the leg. She seems okay. She still seems like, yeah, you know, still having fun, play a little bit, but yeah, matter of time. Sad. Jeez. Well, that's, that sucks, Brian. I'm sorry to hear that. I would encourage any of the listeners, if it's something you do to pray for Delta and yeah. And, you know, if not that she gets better then at least that she has a, you know, a painless passing uh, yeah. coming up. So high quality of life until she's ready to go. Yeah. She's had good parents. That's, that's amazing. Well, so. and she's had a good life. I mean, she was Pixie's littermate, actual sister. Oh, wow. And it was weird because, you know, when we got the dogs, I remember Delta. So first of all, they raced, right? They came off the track right. and then what they did is they went straight to a program. They had a, a partnership, Greyhound Rescue had a partnership with one of the county jails. Oh, okay. With inmates, basically inmates that had good behavior could take a dog and then, you know, the dog would live in the cell with them and uh, really, yeah. And then what happened is that they would train the dogs. And so what it was, was they were finding that, you know, of course this makes a lot of sense, right? That the dogs would actually help the inmates. You know, we, we got tied in pixie from that. Right. We actually, you know, you went into the actual jail and you interacted with the inmates, you know, that you were in this yard and they had the dogs out there and you interact with the dogs. And then, you know, if it worked out, you'd, you'd adopt the dogs and go home. And I remember seeing Delta and she was just full of fear yeah. might've had some abuse on the track. We don't know, 
they wanted us to take her because they were sisters because we took Pixie. And so we're like, well, I don't think she's ready yet. So they said, yeah, okay, we'll get back to you. Well, then she ended up going and fostering with some other girl in Denver. It didn't work out at all. It's just kind of a weird situation. So they're like big. They called us and were like, please take her. Please foster her. <laughs> okay, fine. You know, we'll take her. So we went and picked her up and, you know, we're like, actually, this is good. You know, they're, they know each other. We, we can do this. Three dogs. Who cares? You know? And she did have fear. I mean, some of the most fear I've ever seen in any dog ever. And it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, well I can deal with this, you know, and we worked her through it and you wouldn't even know that she was that dog. She's not even the same dog at all. She worked through it all almost. It's just amazing. Did the inmates have a hard time letting the dogs go? I mean, was there a bit of emotion there? Okay. Well, especially the one that had tied. So that was a really tough one. The guy who was like six eleven or something like that, they called him stretch. You know, he got into fights easily and he just, he did stupid things. That's the thing. He did stupid things. He wasn't a bad person. We got his diary. I, I'll tell you what, like you ever seen a, a grown man cry in prison Wow. and, and we, you know, we didn't know where that's what they, they had yeah. to do it. Right. It, they knew it was a matter of time and then it, the dogs would get adopted out and stuff. And I, I mean, I almost felt terrible. I'm almost like this dog should stay with him, but yeah. that's just not the way it worked. So yeah, when we took tide, I mean, he, he wanted us to take tide too. Cause he knew that tide had to go, but I mean, that guy was crying like crazy. And yeah, Oh, I feel bad. What was amazing yeah. though is like once he took tide on, he stopped getting into fights. In fact, his behavior changed. He became a better person. These are all like really? you know, reports we saw. And actually the guy wrote us a couple times to see how tide was doing, which was really cool. And really? We, we responded and told him and you know, then he stopped writing, but I guess he got back into fights again once like, a, I don't know, about a month or so after Tide Shoot. left. So that oh, just sucks. But the power of a dog, you know, the power of I know. giving Isn't people that hope and stuff. Yeah, it is. That's fascinating. How long did it take Delta to stop being afraid of you and, and Miss Light? Well, us, not too long. As okay. far as fear in general, years. When I visited your studio, every time I visited your studio, she was a little, you know, cagey around me. She's still very tentative. She came with extreme fear. Like she was afraid of her food. <laughs> You'd put her food down and she'd really she'd like cower. Wow. Just that's and like what happened? You know what happened? I mean, who knows? But yeah, we worked well, her through it. And I, I mean, one thing we learned about dogs who have fear is you've got to be strong and confident and you've got to kind of you know, like literally snap with your fingers, snap them out of it. Yeah. And then be like, this is a safe place. And, you know, don't go down that path and don't entertain that thought kind of thing. And they're like, oh, OK, it's better. And, you know, just constantly showing her that confidence and stuff mm. is amazing but dog psychology oh my gosh it's huge i took her out the other night you know she's limping her back leg so she's very unsteady she, her legs are also weak in general because she's you know over 14 right. so we're out you know in the middle of the night i'm taking her outside to go to the bathroom I, I bring and all of a sudden i hear this door open and i'm like who else is up at two in the morning i'm like i thought i was the only one up at two in the morning you know and i start i hear this like <laughs> like then i'm like oh crap uh, there's a dog coming right <laughs> Well, I'm not worried about the dog with me. I'm worried about the dog running into Delta and knocking her over or something. Right. So I'm like quickly walking Delta, you know, around the corner to the front porch area and the dog, you know, I I just hear the snarling and, you know, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, first of all, it's probably not an aggressive dog. It's probably just a very high energy dog. (laughs) hasn't been walked or anything like that. And it's dark too. So I can't see much, but I get Delta around the corner. She's, you know, around the barrier I'm standing in between her and this oncoming dog. I turn. It looked like some kind of either a pit bull or a boxer or a bulldog mix or something like that. But it was definitely one of the fighting dogs. Let's put it that way. So I turn and I, you know, I I, I love dogs. So I turn and I snap really loud and I bend down with this like 
all I'm thinking is in my head is no. I didn't even say a word. I just snapped and I looked at the dog. The dog stopped in. I've never seen a dog stop that fast. <laughs> and it just immediately goes huh! like his eyes went wide and it just turns and runs as fast as it could. <laughs> really? Wow. Like, great story. Yeah. Dog whisperer. Go yeah, ahead, Brian. I, Good job, man. Fun stuff. So that works with bears and mountain lions and then also with geese. <laughs> With geese. <laughs> it's pretty funny because geese are, man, they're crazy here. I've, I've seen geese literally chase people and people oh, yeah. are running away and these geese are attacking them. And I, I turn around and I like, if I see geese, I walk at them chest out, you know, very tall. I'm not going <laughs> to hurt you, but don't come after I'm me. higher up on the pyramid than you. Yeah. yeah. And they just, they all start moving. It's like, I'm literally hurting them. It's really actually quite funny. And then you know, I let them go. And, but I learned that from tide. I want to think that if I had a goose running at me, I would just kick it. Yeah, not, you could. I, I'm not at all an animal abuser by any stretch. No, you're not. not. Not anymore, at least. I was <laughs> say, except for the BB gun incident. <laughs> except for the BB gun <laughs> things, yeah. But if an animal smaller than me is literally attacking me, my instinct is going to be to kick it. Of course. Like, get away. You know, like, like the, yeah. to physically harm it, to get it to go away. Like when you punch a shark when it's attacking you. They always yeah. tell you to punch the shark. Yeah. I just wanted to mention one more thing about Cyberpunk 2077, that video game. Ooh, yeah. This is definitely the first game in a very, very long time and probably within the top five games ever that I've ever played that has caught and kept my attention this much. Yeah. And, and it's, it's single, player. single player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It's amazing for you. It really well, is. I'm glad you're more into it than I was. And I love that game. So yeah. yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad for you. I mentioned in the past that I like to make my own hand soap at times. Yeah. And I use the Dr. Bronner's because it's natural and it's unscented. And then I put in the essential oils and then you can put in aloe or whatever. I still do that. But I also discovered the beautiful gloriousness that is Mrs. Meyer's hand soaps, which oh. I'm sure people have used before. I mean, I just never I really heard had. of it. Did you ever see psych the show? No. Okay. So one of the characters in there, his name's Gus. He has what he calls the super sniffer. And I'm like, dude, that's totally me. So I <laughs> love soap scents. And like whenever we would go over to people's houses and stuff, you know, pre COVID and stuff, I'd be like, Ooh, I like that soap. You know, it's just <laughs> so weird. Like Me that, too. I really smell no, I that. Too. I notice it. So I like to have good hand soap scents, And I'm also because I'm somebody who likes a lot of different things and variety and stuff like that. It's like, I need something different too. I don't like to just have like that soft soap smell. You know, you get the five gallon <laughs> drum of it, you know, and you just use it for 10 years. I got to have variety, man. So I discovered Mrs. Myers and that was probably a rabbit hole I should never have learned about. But um, my gosh, they have a lot of cool scents and you can get them for the season. Like we did an apple cider for Christmas and there was a uh, what do they call it? Like an acorn spice or something like I don't know what the acorn comes into it. But, you know, it had these it it smelled a lot like November, you know, and getting into Christmas and stuff. It's really, really nice. Oh, There's all kinds of them. There's there's a lavender. Their lilac smells exactly like a lilac bush. Some of you were thinking like, they taste like schnozberries. So you said you were rereading Ready Player One. Have you purchased Ready Player Two? Are you going? And by the way, that is a real book, by the way, for some of you. Yes. Ready Player Two came out recently. And I, you know what, Brian, I have absolutely no intention of reading Ready Player Two. Uh, Ready Player One was so good. I'm just nervous about Ready Player Two being a letdown. And I've heard some people talk about it and say it's not as good as the first one. Clearly, how could it possibly be as good as the first one? Yeah. If I ever read it, it'll be a while. Well, if Will yeah. Will Wheaton did the voiceover, I might. We'll might see. consider it more, yeah. I also started watching, have you ever watched Cowboy Bebop, the anime? No. From the late 90s? Oh. No, I was actually wondering it, what that was. It's a classic Japanese anime series 
but it's about a few bounty hunters mm-hmm. who are constantly losing their bounties every, every time they're about to <laughs> capture someone, they die or something like that. But nice. it's a fairly sophisticated and a little artsy anime. So I've been, I, I watched it years ago and I started watching it again. So that's what I'm kind of nerding out on right now. You know, the only Western style cowboy anime I ever saw was Trigun with Vash the Stampede. That was mm-hmm. fantastic. Trigun. No, was oh it Western gosh. though? Because Cowboy Bebop is sci-fi. It sounds Western, well, but it's... Yeah, no, Trigun is like futuristic. What I say Western, it would be more like Borderlands. Okay. It's a okay. Western style. It takes place in the desert. Or like Firefly. Yeah, but it's clearly sci-fi, clearly futuristic, but no, Vash the Stamp. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Cool. In fact, I want to go okay. watch it again because that was just such a good anime and I'm I'm not huge into anime. I have seen some fantastic like Rurouni Kenshin. He was a samurai. And oh my gosh, that was one, especially the first couple of seasons, though it was so good. And then it started to get kind of weird towards the end, but it was really, really, really good. And then I've seen some other ones that I'm like, wow. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super selective about the anime I watch. I only like a handful of them, but the ones I like, I really like. Well, thanks for getting me all inspired now on anime. That's awesome. Yeah, see? Good job. Yeah, see, I love it. You're, you are a captain. You don't need to be captain procrastinate. You are a captain influence. (laughs) That's the other hat I wear. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, speaking of influencing us, give us an origin, please. This week, we're going to talk about don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Several weeks ago, we did the origin straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Very similar origin. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth means that you shouldn't criticize a gift, even if you don't like it very much. A gift horse, in other words, is a gift. So it's not an actual horse, right? Of course. Right. But, but, but. (laughs) Of course. The term, the term gift horse. (laughs) Wilbur. The term gift horse is pretty easy to remember if you imagine the horse as a present. The idiom itself stems from the practice of determining a horse's age from looking at its teeth. Oh. Back in the day, it would be rude to receive a horse for your birthday, which was very common, you know, in the 19th century and before to receive a horse for your birthday and then immediately examine its mouth in front of the person who gave it to you as if you were trying to figure out the value of your gift. I thought this origin was interesting and a little funny because I have always assumed, before I, before I researched this one, I always assumed that this phrase was a carryover from the legend of the Trojan War and Homer's Iliad. As we all know, when the Greeks left their Trojan horse at the gates of Troy as a parting gift for their victorious adversaries, they left several men hiding inside who were to sneak out at night and open mm-hmm. the gates to invasion. Yeah. I thought that the phrase, don't look at a gift horse in the mouth, originated as a warning more than an admonition. Interesting. But the true origin makes more sense now that I know it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they're okay. So you're saying that a gift horse is someone giving you a horse and then you immediately are almost yeah, criticizing the value of the gift. It's kind of like, okay, by looking at its mouth. Yeah, like Harry Potter, you know, when when Dudley Dursley is it's his birthday, you know, and he's saying, how many are there? You know, 21. I counted them myself. 21 last year. There were 22 or whatever. Right. You know, it's kind of like he didn't appreciate what was given to him. Well, they're bigger this year. You know, oh, whatever. I might have gotten the number wrong, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is that it's the same kind of thing. It's like, hey, Captain, here's a horse. And you're like, oh, let me see if it's worthy of me before I accept your gift kind of thing. Right. So when somebody gives you a gift, it's like, dude, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, man. Just take the gift. Yeah, just, Be gracious. Just say thank you. And uh, if you don't yeah. like it, don't let them know. Obviously, we all That's know cool. this. Well, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. There you go. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that Ben Tastic had said, hey, I want to resurrect some thoughts, some deeper thoughts, not your deep thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say that's my yeah, just a little different here. Yeah, but he was talking <laughs> about, you know, I wanted to bring in some thoughts and I said, that sounds oddly like our midweek espresso shots that we used to do. And that's been a couple of years ago, maybe a few years ago now. 
where we yeah. would do that on, on originally started Monday episodes and then it became a Wednesday episode and it was just, you know, a short encouragement of the week. Stop right. doing that for various reasons, but have thought about bringing that back. And so then Bentastic was like, well, I would like to start doing some stuff, you know, with that. And I said, well, what about what if we tag teamed that on the actual espresso shot episodes? So anyway, we've had this conversation. It's great. But he said, let me at least share one for this Friday and then we'll go from there. And mm-hmm. it does correspond with our conversation last week. So Bentastic, take it away. So I have a couple of thoughts to toss in on the continuing discussion about how people can change in last week's episode. You guys chatted about sometimes how discouraging it can be to focus on that end goal. And I really agree with that, especially if we see this great, vast chasm between where we see we are at the current moment and where we need to be in that end goal state that we're looking at as an individual. I have two points on that matter. One, I think it's best if we establish a much closer goal, just that to use a a phrase from Frozen 2, because I watch it a lot because I have multiple kids, <laughs> we need to do that next right thing that gets us closer to that goal. So I think that's really important to not continuously focus on that mountain peak way in the distance, but let's just focus on that next little ridge that we're climbing towards. And secondly, I think it's also good to look at where we've been to carry on with that mountain hiking, climbing analogy, it's always good to turn around and look and see where we've come. How far have we come in the past year or even just the past month or week? That's where we get the encouragement to not only be continually focused on where we need to be and see how far we are from that goal, but to see where we have come, to look back and see how much better you are today from last year or last month or even just last week. It's important to take account of and to celebrate those little wins that we continually have. And when we gain that encouragement from those wins, that gives us the motivation to keep going, to keep climbing, to go over that next ridge and continue on towards that peak. So those are just a couple of my thoughts in regards to what we can do to have positive change as individuals and to stay motivated on that path towards that end goal of positivity and fulfillment or whatever our end goals are in life. I love it, man. 100%. Thank you, Ben. That yeah. was that was very well articulated. I I don't know why that didn't occur to us when we were talking about it because it's so darn obvious now yeah. that of course, when you're comparing yourself to your potential self, how do you bridge that gap psychologically? And the, and the, the only obvious answer is baby steps, incremental progress, right? That works when, you, when you're exercising. That works with any goal that you're, you have established for yourself. Uh, and even if you're not a goal-related person like me, that's a great perspective, Ben. Thank you very much. I've heard people say, when you're talking about looking at the next ridge instead of the mountain, you know, celebrating small wins. Right. You know, that same exact thing, just different term. And I've, I've appreciated that too. And it's really hard to do that for me because it's like, oh, I see the end goal and I'm not even close, but it's like, but dude, you got to celebrate every win. You yeah. Know, it keeps you going. And looking back at how far and, you've already come really is important. And I think it's easy to just totally look right over that. When I was on my treadmill last weekend while I was playing a game, I just walked briskly the whole time while we were doing that. And I didn't pay attention to how far I was walking until after the dungeon when we were done with our activity. And I stopped walking and I looked at my steps and I was like, holy cow, I walked five and a half miles. 
at that point, I looked back to see what I how I had progressed, and that motivates me to keep doing it. Love it. All right, we're going to keep doing Love this. It. So, fantastic. Thank you. And so, speaking of wins here, I have got to say, Cobra Kai, guys, Cobra Kai. Wow. <laughs> I finished season three, watched the finale. Nice. Wow. I mean, wow. Like, here's the thing. I, I was thinking about this, and you know, we talk about expectations that we have. I didn't really have any expectations for Cobra Kai at all. I didn't even have any expectations for season three at all. But here's the thing. I have a lot of history with Karate Kid in general because I grew up with Karate Kid. I've watched the movies a lot, especially one and two. And then when Cobra Kai came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. Well, we all had our hopes about will certain characters return and will this happen (laughs) and what will what will happen? And we all had those questions. I had no idea though that they would exceed my expectations exceed it i had thoughts in my head and they blew me away and i could not have thought of a better (laughs) way to do those things in my opinion season three is better than the first two combined and i love the first two seasons but i just thought this was absolutely fantastic tv even if it is a little cheesy at times it's just so well done and you can tell you just know that the people that are in charge of the show they care about the show they carry it they love it they grew up with it there's intimacy there. Yeah, and so 100%, yeah. I've heard nothing but wow from everybody. Yeah. Which good. is really cool. It started getting me to ask the question why we who had expectations for let's just say movies like Star um, Wars The Last Jedi or and, or like The Mandalorian Star Wars episode 7. <laughs> well, really any of but again I I didn't have a problem with that one personally, but even some of the Mandalorian episodes or like Star Trek Discovery and stuff like that I'm starting to understand here. It's not just expectations. It's history. I mean, let's just be honest. I have an intimate history with Star Wars and Star Trek. I grew up with it. I've watched them all. I've seen them multiple times. I know the universe. I know the lore. I know the the culture of it, you know? And so yeah. when something is made, it's not that I'm saying, well, you know, showrunners, you better do this or else. I'm just saying I'm coming in with all of this history and knowledge of the universe so I'm assuming you're going to further that. You feel like it's their responsibility to have the same respect and knowledge of that lore and history that you did. Right? Exactly. Or to find the people that did. If sure. you look at the way that they just beautifully did Cobra Kai in a way that in my opinion is actually better than the movies now. But you would expect the same thing with the Mandalorian and with the last Jedi and stuff. And the episode, the Jedi we talked about with the Mandalorian where Dave Filoni was the director. Mm-hmm. Well, you could feel his passion, his intimacy, and his history with Star Wars in that episode. You felt it because you knew he cared about it, and so he put care into it. But you could tell that in some episodes, you started to go, did these showrunners like actually watch the show, or did they know Star Wars? (laughs) And especially with Star Trek Discovery, I say that all the time, is like, did you actually watch Star Trek? Did you grow up with it? I think I finally understand now after watching Cobra Kai why I get frustrated at things like The Last Jedi, like some of the Mandalorian, like Star Trek Discovery is that when you've got something like Cobra Kai and you realize that the showrunners care about the history and basically the universe that they created, right? they are blowing us away. They're projecting that enthusiasm and care yeah. for that franchise onto you. It's like watching Michael Jordan play basketball he embodies basketball. He is basketball versus, you know, a third stringer that comes in and, you know, can barely dribble down the court because he hasn't, you know, just, you know what I mean? Or, or you're watching a musician, Eddie Van Halen, 
I loved the way he would make his guitar sing. It was like you could feel his passion and his experience and his history with music through his music. It's the same kind of thing. So I look at it like that, that it's not even that they all they're dumb and they're idiots and they don't know what they're talking about. It's like these weren't the right people to basically communicate the beauty and the music of the last Jedi or some of the Mandalorian episodes or Star Trek discovery. I'm just using those as examples. There's tons of other examples I could use. But that's, I think I realize that that's what it is. It's not that, you know, they're idiots or, you know, who let this happen. Well, who let this happen is a very a fair question, but <laughs> it's more of that. This person wasn't the right fit to make that a more masterful thing, even if they did a, a fine job versus, you know, you look at Cobra Kai and you just like, this was the perfect thing. It was the perfect fit. I couldn't have imagined it better. My little lesson here, I'm going to take this away for me personally, and you, you can, if you want to, is put yourself in a position in life, in business and work, whatever that exemplifies your talents, your passions, your history, your experience so that you can give your best and stop trying to overcome your weaknesses, which I think is a complete waste of time. Focus on your strengths, better your strengths, go to where you are the best fit. And I know that that's not always possible, but I think we can strive for that. Yeah, I like that. There you go. All right, WandaVision. I watched the first two episodes. I have yet to watch the third one, which I hear is where things start to make more sense. Yes, yes, make more sense. <laughs> and so I'm excited to watch that. I'm gonna I, I'm a little behind, so I'm gonna watch episodes three and four, and then I'm gonna talk about it a little bit more next week. But I like it. I really like it. And it's just kind of like, what okay. is going on? So stay tuned for that. There's another show. I'll talk about this next week. It just came out on Netflix. It's called Fate the Winks Saga, and that's like W I N X. Mm-hmm. It's about like, well, they look like humans, but apparently they're quote fairies, but they can control the elements and they can use magic. It looks really, really cool. I watched the first episode, which I'm going to talk about next week. So I am a huge fan of the rookie in Superstore. I've mentioned that before. I don't usually review the episodes too much here on the show. The rookie's a drama. Superstore is a comedy. Is that right? Yeah. So the, the guy, Justin Spitzer, that's involved, he was involved on The Office. He's bringing a lot of that comedy and a lot of that style over. It is not the documentary style that the office was. It's, you know, actually a comedy drama. And then, yes, the rookie is the the cop drama, Nathan Fillion. I have just been blown away at how good that show is. I feel like the rookie in general has done a really good job of portraying cops a little more realistic than most shows have done in the past. I mean, I know it's well, not perfect and it's still dramatized and stuff like that, but They've done a good job with it. We loved the first two seasons, thought they were just absolutely spectacular. And of course, I love Nathan Fillion. So that's a big thing. Well, this season with Superstore and the rookie, this is not necessarily the case with all shows right now, which I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm really thankful for this. A lot of shows are not addressing reality. They're just kind of in their own world, doing their own thing, current seasons. And I'm like, thank you. I want a bit of an escape right now. Right. We all agree with that. Yeah. I will. I think a lot of us, maybe not everybody, but most do. It feels to me like most people would agree with that because who wants to deal with the big heavy issues that we're dealing with right now in their entertainment? Exactly. Entertainment being the key word. Yeah. Well, the rookie and superstore both took it upon themselves to bring reality into it. So superstore is like all about, you know, COVID and racism. Now there, that's pretty much what all of the episodes have been this season they they've addressed it in one way or another multiple times throughout the episodes okay you know everybody's wearing masks which to superstore's credit 
has been kind of funny about okay. COVID and stuff. Yeah, they've done a good job not to make light of it, but just to kind of address it in a way that's like, it's funny, but it's real. And okay, you know, even though I kind of wish they didn't, but at the same time, it it's not bad. And the rookie has kind of kept COVID out of the picture completely, which I'm thankful for. But both shows have addressed the racism issue very hard. On one hand, I have to applaud their efforts for tackling these issues. It's a tough topic and they're doing it in what I think is a positive way for the most part. This goes back to, but it's entertainment and I know it's an issue. I know it needs to be addressed and it is something that thankfully some people are finally working on. It does need to happen, right? But on the other hand, it's like, I know that I need to eat healthy and I need to, you know, exercise and work out in order to stay healthy. But that doesn't mean that for my entertainment, I go and watch instructional videos on how to eat healthy and how to exercise all that. That's, you know what I mean? Sure. So to me, it's a, I need to get away from the has basically the, the betterments of your life. So we talk about unleashing your superhero, being better, you know, competing with the person you're capable of becoming. You still need downtime. I go to the rookie and superstore, especially superstore to have my downtime after I've worked and I've tried to better myself that day. I don't want my entertainment to be what's the word? A, a like continuation, an extension yeah, of that. Exta- yeah. Exactly. And so that was one of those things where I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't really want to hear that in my entertainment, even though I, thank you for addressing it. I felt like it wasn't done well and I felt like it made it right. almost gratuitous. It was, yeah, gratuitous for sure, but almost even <laughs> insulting. And it huh. was, so it's like, I don't know. Did you actually help the situation or did you upset people? more right right i don't know so this is just kind of my thought um and then with the rookie oh man that was tough because they're and again i applaud this because it's about cops right so they're addressing right. police with racism which right. is obviously a very hot issue right now and obviously a problem right. in some areas and in, with some well probably a problem in all areas with some cops right but here's the thing in my opinion the rookie has been a model of how to do it all the way through their boss is a black man. Two of the mm-hmm. three training officers, one's black, one's Latino, two of the three rookies, one is black, one is Asian. They've mm-hmm. always represented. Well, they've all, in fact, another one of the bosses is black too. I never thought twice about it. Like when I watched the season, I was just like, cool, let's rock this. Let's have fun. I didn't look at the fact that like, well, there's, you know, four black people and then, you know, I'm like counting in time. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking like that. I was just like, booyah, right? It's LA. They're representing, and here's the thing. They all respected each other, and each character was actually respected within the show and within the show's context. So I'm looking at this as like, man, what a great model. And I was even thinking like, if this was the way our cops were in real life, wow. Would we even have a problem? I would trust these dudes. I'd be like, man, this. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's good cops and there's bad cops, but I was just like, what an amazing way, just like Star Trek, to model the way it should be and the way it could be. Yeah. Sounds like they were trying to fix something that wasn't broken. It's almost like they're breaking the rules to, like you said, address, like, we got to get this agenda. I, I can't call yeah, it an agenda because it's, it is, but well, it's also a really important issue too. So yeah, exactly. But, but you, everything you've said makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it really does sound like they were trying to fix something that wasn't broken. Like they were yeah. gratuitously bringing up a very important issue that they've been addressing all the while without addressing it. Yeah, and I think some people would say, well, you're not addressing it because you're not saying it. 
you know, you may be modeling it, but it's not enough. And your silence means that you're complicit or that's probably the, the feedback they got, you know, and they probably got a lot of pushback on that and saying, you know, you mm. guys need to say something or else you're doing nothing. But the reality right. was, is they'd been modeling it the whole time. Again, this goes back to my story about Gene Roddenberry when it's like he tried to tell people, you know, shape up or ship out kind of thing. He was a cop. He tried to do the right thing. And he said, no matter what I did, I couldn't change lives and I couldn't change culture. So that's when he realized that the best way to change people's hearts and minds was to model. This is the way it should and could be. And people actually followed that and they realized it. And a lot of people went, let's try to be more like this. Right. And it's just the simple act of setting a good example. Yeah. The more you have good examples set in society, the more people will follow that example. It's human nature. Yeah. One of the biggest things that Gene Roddenberry pioneered, which I, I absolutely love, is that instead of telling people you need to feature a black person or black woman as in a lead role, which he of just course did it. they weren't going to listen to him. Yeah. He just did it. Yeah. The rest is history. So I, I don't agree know. With you. Th- this is a really, really tough tough situation but it did bring up and i i was for whatever reason i was agonizing over this the rookie's not fun to watch right now but i can't say that because it's an important issue that needs to be addressed so i feel bad for thinking well my entertainment sucks when right. there are black people who are being racially abused right and, and then profile, i'm going yeah. but at the same time is this the place for it and then at the same time, if they're already modeling it, do they need to say some? So I guess my yeah. this this is a question that I don't have an answer to. But I mean, I'm I'm always up for discussion on this one. How do we do this? What it created? I read some of the comments on IMDb. It creates people getting angry and pissed, and then it it creates a divide. And so right. when people need to hear this stuff, and they maybe they're on the fence, like, well, maybe I, you know, maybe I do need to change my ways and be more respectful. And more inclusive mm-hmm. or whatever the word, you know, buzzwords that people are using. Maybe that's what people needed, but instead you pushed them to the other side of the fence now and they're pissed now and right. they're saying, okay, this is ridiculous. So it's like, did that actually yep. help or did it hurt? That's my question. And that's kind of where I'm at. And like I said, it's a, it's a really, really tough one. Right. Setting an example in mass entertainment is the way to go. If you want to change society's ills. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the only way to do it. Because if you do it the way they're starting to do it, all you're going to do is polarize people. Yeah. That's it. But one thing I do know is that the best way to polarize a group of people is to shove something like that in their face when it doesn't need to happen. And I mean that it doesn't yeah. need to happen because and only because they're already setting the right example. If I'm in a position where somebody comes to me and says, hey, Brian, were you aware of fill in the blank? And right. I was like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. They're creating an awareness in me. They're bringing it to my attention. I did not know about it. You know, call me oblivious or naive or whatever. Right. So I didn't know. And then I go, oh my gosh, wow. I didn't realize that that was a problem. I didn't realize that was hurting people. And whether it was me doing it or just in general, you know, like Brian, did you realize that racism was still alive and well? No, I didn't. You know, that kind of thing. From that point forward, you have to judge that person's response. Here's a big one. Quite a few years ago, it was brought to my attention that most women, this is going to be a tough one here to swallow. Most women that are portrayed in pornography are sex slaves. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when you were talking about that was, was your interview with, with Kristen. Yeah. That's an example of, of someone bringing to light an issue that you knew nothing about that you had no exposure to before, exactly. et cetera. For example, somebody brings that to my attention, right? I did not uh-huh. know that that was the case. I was under some delusion as a young man 
that the women that were portrayed in pornography were doing this like this was their job. They got paid. They were living the life. Right. They wanted to do it. You know, I didn't know that most of those women were, were very likely sold into sex labor. I had no clue. Well, once I learned that I was horrified. And so, first of all, what's the response of the person? You know, in my case, I was horrified and I was like, I don't want to contribute to that. But mm-hmm. someone might go, okay, whatever. Right. It, it depends. But let's say I'm over here. I'm horrified and I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to contribute to this anymore. Well, the natural response for the person that educated me on that would say, cool, thank you. And then they would move on, right? They would continue to educate and bring awareness. But if that person kept coming to me and saying, Brian, you need to, you know, you need to do this. And Brian, you need to be aware of this. I'm like, I already am aware of this and I'm already doing something about it. But Brian, you need, you need to be aware about it. You, you need to keep, right. you need to do something. It's like, dude, stop. I already know. Like I'm already doing something yeah. about it. You don't need to keep exactly. shoving it in my face. That's my point. So it's the right. same kind of thing. It's like if a person responds with, holy crap, I had no idea. Thank you for making me aware of it. What can I do? How can I change? You don't need to keep pushing it in their face. But if the person doesn't care, then that's kind of like, well, no matter how much you try to change their mind, they're probably not going to change their mind because they're stubborn and you're just going to piss them off further. So it's like, bring it awareness, bring the awareness. Everybody needs to be aware of what's going on because most people aren't. Most people have their heads stuck in the sand. Let's be honest. We all well, do. We live in our own little bubbles. Yeah, we do. And, and we don't, I, I don't like pain. So I like to kind of walk away from a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And so I understand that sometimes, you know, it's like the awareness comes and you're like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. What can I do? How can I change? But then it's a process to change and to do something about it and whatever. Right. But mm-hmm. to keep getting it drilled and beaten over your head, just, it doesn't help anyone. But then here's the other thing. Last thing I'm going to say on this. I also was looking in the mirror a little bit when I was thinking about, you know, and the rookie and superstore. Why did you guys have to bring this up again? You know, can I just have my entertainment? And yet here we are talking about it on the real Brian show. And you know, we try to be real here. It is the real Brian show. I mean, that that's not the reason I <laughs> named myself that, by the way, that was just more of like, hey, I'm just gonna call myself the real Brian. <laughs> it was fun. It was arbitrary, but whatever. I like to talk about stuff like this. I like to provoke thought. Yes. In myself too. And action, of course. But I'm pretty sure many of you probably think like, hey, the real Brian show is a bit of an escape for me too. So why are you talking about this stuff? Because it's interesting. It is interesting. It's not. And we talk about it in a way that isn't polarizing either. I don't no, think that's at true. least. And, I and mean, we're trying not to do it in a way that's negative either. It's just more, more like a, here's the thing. It's like, it's real life. We all face it. We all deal with it. We have to process through it. So sometimes it's good to talk through it, right? To find a good positive result for all of us. That's the question. Do you enjoy us talking about stuff like this in a real way that like, Hey, let's work through this together. Let's find the right result versus the angry, you know, choice. Or, you know, would you rather us just kind of be your positive escape and don't have us talk about anything real at all? You know, we're, we're your entertainment and that's it. What would you, I mean, really, honestly, what do you prefer? Because I can go either way. I like talking about this stuff and I think it's important for someone to address it. And I don't think most people address it in a healthy manner. I think most of the stuff out there is unhealthy and it's way too one, one side sided. of the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think right. it's, a, I don't think it's the right answer for anyone and so that's why I like to bring this stuff up because I'm, I'm trying to challenge all of us, including myself here to say, what's the right, what's a better answer? How about that? Not even the right answer. Right. What's a better answer? Right. What's a better action for us to take? 
but I don't want to take away your joy and escape too. If you're coming to the show, just like, dude, just, just don't talk about that. You're killing my mood. Like, I don't want to do that either. So I'm curious about your thoughts. Typically we, when we address heavy topics like that, we do it in a way that is, you know, very introspective and balanced. Personally, I feel like we can and should continue to talk about things like this once in a while, Mm -hmm. as long as it does not have a negative slant or a polarized slant. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you guys think? And thank you for your thoughts, Captain. I appreciate that. And yes, please let us know. I mean, be honest with us too. I mean, if you're just like, dude, guys, thank you, but no thanks. Like, I don't want to hear your opinions on this. I'd rather you just have fun and nerd out and just be honest. You're not going to hurt our feelings. Like, I actually want to hear your opinion. I don't want to ruin your life. I don't want to ruin your day. You know, I want, <laughs> you, to have, Friday, yeah. Yeah, I want you to have fun with the show here, but I also there's this part of me that's going, I think this is a good thing but I could be wrong. So let us know. Let us know your thoughts. And by the way, you know, you may think like, oh, I don't need to say anything. Someone else will dude. That's like the, you know, person that's stuck on the side of the road who needs help changing their tire. And everyone thinks, oh, someone else will stop for them. No one's going to ever right. stop, right? Please contact us. Like you don't know how much I appreciate feedback, how much I want honest opinion, how much I just want to talk. Please. I'm not going to argue with you. You know, we're not going to have a fight or anything. Just please contact me. I'd love to. I mean, I'm, I'm begging you. I want to hear from you. I love hearing from people. So, I mean, you can email me, by the way, here's the easiest way to do this. You can just go to the real Brian show website, which is real on the contact page. You can email me. You can send me a message. You can send a speak pipe message. If you're on Voxer, you can find me. You can do that. You can send me a Facebook message. If you have my number, you can text me. I don't care. Just please get in touch with me. I would love to hear your thoughts. And the email is trb at realbrianshow.com. By the way, we mentioned this last week, which is really cool. You know, if you're on the Apple podcast app on the iPhone, it's also in Spotify too, that if you scroll down, all of the show notes are there. Sometimes you might have to click more to get the links and everything, but all of the links are there. And if you're on your phone, it'll just pop it up. Boom, done, easy. You don't even have to do anything, but please, I'd love to hear from you. I really, really appreciate it when, when you write. You're never going to waste my time. I'm, you're never going to feel like you're bothering me. Please just contact me. All right. A couple quick songs. Speaking of links and stuff like that, which of course you can get into the Spotify music and I do have that Spotify. It's the TRBS 2021 mix. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to that. Got some new songs in there. I, in fact, I've updated it since last Friday and I've got three more here, which uh, one it's so funny. I meant to mention this last last fall. And I was going, I was listening to it again. And I said, oh my gosh, I must have mentioned the song and I didn't. And I went, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. It's by Zonte. And that's like Z-A-U-N-T-E-E. Clearly American. And it's called, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Clearly. There's a beautiful, beautiful song with some very powerful lyrics. It's called, I'm sorry. It's kind of a ballad. It's really nice. Lindsey Sterling has a new song mm. with Mako. It's called Lose You Now. But I just, I like Lindsey Sterling. So, you know, fans of that. And then it was so funny. I had to do this. I, I love Alenium so much. It's so interesting. I'm thinking about, man, I'm just like nerding out on Alenium. I made a TRB's Alenium mix. I'm talking to friends and stuff and like they're kind of just stuck in the era that they grew up with, you know, 80s, 70s, <laughs> 90s, whatever, you know, and it's like nobody really listens to new music and I'm like, dude, I'm nerding out on a band that, you know, when they first came out, their first album, I was like on top of that, you know, just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> It's a newer remix of a song that came out, well, still pretty recently, but it's called Hearts on Fire with Lights, Dabin, but it's the Timmy Trumpet remix, and I love Timmy Trumpet. This is such an energetic song. It's so much fun. Those will be on the list. You can check it out. And if you want to check out my TRB's Elenium mix, go for that. It's it's fun, man. Some of the best Elenium songs out there. Yes. All right. 
Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. When most people see green and blue together, they instinctively think of earth and sky. I think of an ill-advised smoothie I made last night. You know what the music means. Ah. Our time is up. Yes, I know what you're talking ah. about. I you made do? an ill-advised smoothie and uh, it looked like... Well, anyway, thanks for joining us. I am so <laughs> thankful that you are here with us, hanging out with us to end the week, right? Captain, thank you as well. Have thank some you, fun. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you next week. And this is The Real Brian Show. Signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.